0: I'm Kirsten Secord, and this is The Brave Space. Healing
1: doesn't require perfection. It only requires awareness. We live in this perfectionism society where everything needs to be perfect, like even healing, even like growing. It's just like, no, it doesn't require perfectionism at all. It just requires your awareness. Once you're aware, then you can start to, you know, make the necessary changes. You have to have an outlet, and whether that's um, creative, whether that's a safe human being that you feel comfortable talking to, but you have to get it out. The amount of weight that I felt lifted off my shoulders as soon as I t- told like one person what I just told you, it's like, oh my gosh, like I was breaking my own heart, keeping all of those things
0: inside. I was breaking my own heart. Today I'm joined by Priscilla Cherry. Priscilla grew up watching Oprah on TV and was inspired to see women of color in positions of power. So much so, she has dedicated her life to creating that same feeling of connectedness with others. Priscilla works for the largest mental health organization in Canada, writing, hosting, and producing the Recovery is Possible podcast. She is also the co-founder of The Color Factor, an organization working to amplify melanated voices and decolonize the mental health and wellness community. Please note that today's episode covers some sensitive topics, including sexual assault and suicide. If these are topics that are triggering for you, please listen to this episode with someone you trust or have an appropriate support system in place. Welcome to the Brave Space, the place vulnerability calls home. Well, I am lucky enough to be joined today by Priscilla Cherry, and in addition to being one of the most inspiring humans that I know, she is one of my dearest friends, so thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. This is like, I feel honored.
1: I feel like, I don't know, I should have like brought something to celebrate our first,
0: like, this is a big deal. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. It's my pleasure. I, when I thought of who I wanted to have on the first episode of the Brace Space podcast, I couldn't think of a more perfect person. Um, not, and I'm not saying that as your friend, I mean, as your friend, I love you, but as, as a, a human, human being, being. <laughs> as a human being, I love you. And I think you're so inspiring and you just have so much resiliency and light to offer. And I really think that that's something a lot of people can get a lot out of. So,
1: ah, thanks, Kiki yeah. girl. Oh my God. This is how we're starting this. Like, okay. I told myself I was not going to cry <laughs> on this thing. So no, I appreciate that sentiment so much. And I love that you are calling your podcast the brave space because there aren't enough brave spaces for people. And maybe not even that. I think maybe we just don't allow ourselves to, you know, accept that all spaces can be brave
0: if you like get vulnerable enough or mm-hmm. allow yourself to be vulnerable. So so what, is, what does a brave space mean to you? What does that mean?
1: Oh, we're diving in. Okay, There we go. Brave space to me... I think it is just a space where you can be completely unapologetically yourself. Mm. Yeah. And just, yeah, there's no judgment, judgment judgment-free zone, kumbaya. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Leave your inner critic at the
1: door. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 100%. I think that's how I would um,
0: describe it. Just a place where you can be unapologetically yourself. Hmm. I love it. That's great. Well, hopefully that this will be one of those places for you and all of our listeners.
1: I have no doubt. So far, so far, so good. So we're good.
0: (laughs) That's good. Haven't crashed and burned yet. We're good. (laughs) Uh, So I guess I want to know a little bit more about why you do what you do. So you're very involved in the mental health world and you're a huge advocate for people to take care of their mental health. So what inspires that? Why do you do that? Well, that is a wonderful question. Um,
1: it really comes from my own lived experience of going through my own journey of mental health and, and, or slash (laughs) substance use addiction concerns. Um, And to be honest, it's not a space that I imagined myself in, like not at all. When I was a little girl growing up, did I say, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to work in mental health, like, right. I grew up thinking that I was going to have a talk show like Oprah, Mm -hmm. right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's still, I'm still (laughs) young to come right to be continued. Still young. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up pursuing communications and journalism and broadcasting, Um, but then going through my own, like through, through all of that, navigating my journalistic career came a lot of trials and tribulations. And so just going through my own journey of experiencing deep depression, um, high anxiety, it wasn't a place that I wanted to continue, um, yeah, exploring and living. It's like, okay, this, this, uh, this is not life. Like there's, there's something that could use some adjusting here. So, um, and I know we're going to dive into like more of my journey later, but just to explain what got me into mental health is just going through my own experiences of navigating those feelings and not feeling like that there was really places to talk, like have these conversations like this. And, um, I mean, yeah, you don't hear people's like shared experience, especially like when I would go to my doctor, for example, Mm. I don't know a damn thing about my doctor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't go for coffee dates, right?
1: I know nothing. Like I literally know his first, his last name and like, he knows everything about me, but it's so, it seemed very like one-sided, the, the treatment or just like the resources that are out there. Um, and yeah, so just finding the work that I, the work that I work in now, finding them and like volunteering with them, I was exposed to a totally different model and just like this whole peer peer to peer, right? The peer support model and sharing our lived experience and connecting through our stories. It's like, what? Oh my goodness. How did I not know about this before. So now just working on amalgamating my passion of communications and journalism with this now newfound purpose of mental health advocacy. Mm. So
0: yeah. I love that. So was there someone who inspired you to get into this
1: realm? Yeah. You know what? Oh my goodness. My very dear mentor, Miss Beth Henry, she always blushes whenever I talk about her, but I'm like, Hey lady, this is, you did this. Like, Okay. This is own it. Own it. This is a something to be proud of for exposing me to this um, mental health realm. I was taking a um, entrepreneurship program at like a local uh, momentum. I don't know if mm-hmm. people are familiar, but um, yeah, it's just like a government funded agency here in Calgary, and they support entrepreneurship and. Beth was a peer mentor and I was like, peer mentor, what she talking about? I ne- I've never <laughs> like, what is this language? I've never heard, about, heard of it before. And, um, you know, just, she explained how like this whole sharing of the stories and that shared experience, like that shared exchange of knowledge that it, there's no like hierarchy. It's just like two people meeting and connecting and sharing stories. Um, yeah. Based off of their own journey and whatever they've been through And so she was open to, like, um, appointments or whatever. We were just able to book an appointment with her. I'm like, okay, like, you know, let me just give it a shot. Why not? Whatever. It's, like, it's part of the program. So I signed up, did my first session with her. And, like, I literally thought she was going to ask me, like, okay, what are your goals? And, like, you know, what are your five best qualities? And, you know, (laughs) I don't know, like the typical like interview questions or whatever. Right. But no, she started asking me why I wanted to start this business. And like, she just started to like ask me just very introspective questions. I was kind of like lifting these layers and digging deep. And the first business that I ever started was an online radio station. Mm. Yeah. And it was in honor of my cousin who passed away. He was a musician. And he just, like, he never got to realize his um, dreams of, you know, wanting to travel and share his gift of of music, right? And because I just finished um, journalism school, I needed an outlet, and I just wanted to create something. And so it just, like, the amalgamation of, like, "Mm, this is, like, dear to me, but also, like, I I want to have a platform where I'm sharing a message. And I didn't quite know what that message was, but I knew the purpose behind it was my cousin. So anyways, I'm telling Beth this. I'm like, yeah, my cousin passed away and like saying all this stuff. And then I literally just started going on a tangent of like, it all started when I was (laughs) back in my day. Yeah. Yeah. And then like at the end of my whatever, 20 minute little series of questions that she was asking me, she's like, Priscilla, like, you know, you have like quite the story here. And like, she just started telling me more about peer support and like how you can share your story to like help others like navigating their own story or their own journeys and I'm like right, really okay and then yeah so that's basically that was what planted the seed of like her kind of revealing my own truth to me even though it's like I've been living with this truth my whole life but I, I didn't think like like, who am I to, you know, I don't know, what what can I make of this? Like, yeah, this is just my story. It's whatever. Yeah. This is my life. What do you mean? Yeah. But then just her revealing to me that no, like there's purpose to that and you can help other people feel purposeful, like, you know, coming out on the other side or however Mm. you want to
0: call it. But yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that.
1: Thank you. Shout out to Beth Henry.
0: (laughs) We see you Beth. (laughs) Uh, so speaking of your story, let's dive into that a little bit. I know that we've talked and you haven't really had the platform that you felt you wanted to share your story on, and I am so incredibly honored that you've chosen The Brave Space uh, to share your story. So where did you want to start with that? Oh my
1: goodness. I think I don't even know like where I can start because with my story... It's, um, I mean, it stems back, I was telling you, it's intergenerational, right? Mm -hmm. And first of all, I think maybe even dialing back even a little bit more because it's like, what is... Because your question is, what's my mental health journey or what's my... Yeah,
0: so like what what is the hero's journey that you've been on? You know, what are those sets of trials and tribulations that you've Mm. been through that have made you, you know, the powerful woman that's sitting across from me today? I
1: love it. Thank you. Well, because, um, a lot of the times I get asked, like very specifically, what's your mental health journey? And Mm -hmm. then I feel like I have to explain, well, first of all, what does mental health mean? Right. So I love that, you know, you've spent it and it's like, what's your hero's journey? Because yeah, I'm a hero.
0: I'm a superhero, absolutely you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just that change and that shift of language. um, yeah, my hero's journey, trials and tribulations, oh my goodness. So, like I said, I think dialing it back, going back to um intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. I think um, yeah, I was like born into a family that already had these like th- stories and journeys of their own, right? But also in my culture the Caribbean island culture. Um you know, I don't know. We don't talk about like mental health or just like I, I don't even think we have like words to describe. Like it's just it's just not a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's you know that's just how we grew up. It's just what it is. Um if ever like you're feeling anything less than happy then it's go to church or pray about it. Right? They it's a, a very spiritual thing. And um I mean I'm very thankful for my my spirituality but um yeah it's just like okay well what do I do uh, after I pray uh, after I go to church and I still feel this way hello okay now what yeah <laughs> so growing up with that mentality my grandparents had that mentality my parents my aunts my uncles like it's just kind of passed down right no one you you only do what you know so um yeah before I even came into the picture there was like, you name it, my family has been through it. So physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, schizophrenia, bipolarity, um, like abandonment, just like my grandpa leaving my grandmother and seven kids that just like, wow. bye. um, yeah. So just all of those things before I even came into the picture and, um, I know. It's just so interesting. I, I, now I feel like, oh my goodness, like full circle. Like I'm the one to like bring it, my family all back together or something. Anyways, good times. (laughs) Uh (laughs) No pressure. Yeah. No pressure whatsoever. But, um, yeah, no. And I think also with, when it comes to mental health or your trials and tribulations, sometimes actually, no more so more specifically mental health. Sometimes it's hereditary. Mm -hmm sometimes it's circumstantial, right? Sometimes it's something that just happened to you. And like, then it brought these onset of, um, yeah, mental health concerns. Right. And in my lucky case is both (laughs) ding, ding, ding. We have a winner, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. So like, but again, no, like no one talked about the schizophrenia that was in my family. No one talked about the bipolarity. Um, all those things happened prior to, and then, when I was five years old, like for me, this is what was the, I think the trajectory that like, this is the tipping point that changed the trajectory of my hero's journey. This is what started it all. Even if I didn't like know or recognize it at the time, whatever. Mm -hmm. So like I said, my family, we've been through sexual abuse, physical abuse, like just all the things. And then, so when I was five, like history repeats itself. When I was five, I was taken advantage of sexually Mm -hmm. and like just... Like innocence gone, right? Mm-hmm. So again, that like I was saying, mental health could be circumstantial. It could be something that happened to you, and in my case, that's what it was. So already, I had a history of schizophrenia, bipolarity, depression, homelessness, um, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, all of those things, incarceration. Like mm-hmm. these are the things that were already uh, before me, and then on top of boop, now
0: this thing actually happened to you as well. Right. So it's like. Okay. Uh, Well, and at five years old, you have absolutely no coping skills and and no knowledge of what's even going on. Like that's just unfathomable, right? Mm,
1: Right. Like I don't even, uh, it's so, it's, it's really sad because like I see my nephew now, my nephew, nephew, he's four years old. He's the cutest little, adorable, like the most cutest little pumpkin ever. (laughs) And when I spend time with him, I'm like, oh my gosh, like he just has the whole world ahead of him. And like, I do like, I can't help but get flashbacks back to that time when I was like, I remember when, like you remember, you start having memories when, from when you're five. Like mm-hmm. I remember what I did at four or five, right? That's when you, I like, think like, that's as far back as I can remember. And like, just to, when I'm playing with my nephew and then thinking of myself at that age, I'm like, what? Like poor, poor person that would do that mm. to a child, but again, I don't know, going through the whole recovery journey and like remembering my tools, I honestly can't help, but like approach it with forgiveness because mm. for someone to do that to a child, like you have to be pretty, you know, deeply like broken yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, for little I mean, but trust me, that took a lot of years of therapy. <laughs> to- <laughs> to get to forgiving that person. Obviously I'm not just like, Oh yeah. Like I wish I was that aware of my, like right away. Mm -hmm. But no, um, yeah, I, I think for a little while there, obviously I was just like bitter, angry, like why me? And like, you know, like, Oh, like boo him, blah, blah, blah. But then to go through therapy and like learn what I know now to realize that no, it's, it's a cycle that like just perpetuated and he he probably went through something and that person before him probably went through something Mm. and um it doesn't obviously excuse the behavior but just it does give answers to and um it helped me just work on like my forgiveness and then like my own healing from Mm. that and yeah, so that's just that. That's the start. The, the <laughs> tip of the iceberg.
0: Well, the I mean, thank you so much for sharing that and being so vulnerable with that share. I know that's taken a lot of time to get to the point where you're able to talk about this openly, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to recognize that in you. Thanks, Kiki. I appreciate yeah. that. So thank you so much for for sharing that. I know that's super difficult to do, and that takes a lot of a lot of courage to show up bravely and to to speak these dark truths that we, you know, we house and these things that have shaped who we are, whether we like it or not, this is something that has, you know, dictated the trajectory of your life for, for however long.
1: Mm -hmm. No. And like, thank you again for having the brave space for me to do this because it is so important. Like, I mean, like you said, I was five for me to articulate that. Like in my little five-year-old brain. I mean, I'm still learning Mm -hmm. language. I'm still learning how to formulate. I still apparently can't formulate sentences.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're all, we all have those
1: moments. (laughs) No, but um, yeah, just like learning life. Like literally my brain is still developing, right? Mm -hmm. So for something that traumatic to happen to me at that young, like, of course it's going to affect my anything that happened after that, unless I addressed it. And I think that's, um, the conversation that I, that I hope for people to have is like Mm. those conversations about like the things that they've been through or just examining, like maybe the past, however many years and like trying to piece together, like, okay, no, maybe I should talk about this with a therapist or Mm. maybe I should like dive in a little bit more over here or like, yeah, what happened to me then, that actually wasn't right. And,
0: mm. you know, just
1: doing kind of like more of a self-assessment. Um, and I think maybe even though I was five, yes, I, I still knew obviously something very wrong happened to me. But I think growing up, if mental health was more talked about, mm. like in my family, at school, or just like, I don't know, the places that it should be talked about, maybe. Uh, right? Like in within my family, I would say, and at, at school, then I probably would have been inclined and encouraged to say, yes, okay. And I would have been able to recognize Mm. that, yeah, what happened to you at 5 you need to address. If not, it will turn up in other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And that it did. (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) As it tends to do, right? It will keep resurfacing until we process it, until we address it, right? Absolutely. And I think that's such a great point. You know, I am so grateful to be in a world now that's starting to shift that conversation around mental health. And we're starting to raise these next generations in an era and a atmosphere that encourages people to talk about these things. They're difficult to talk about, but they're so much easier when we process them together rather than trying to shelter that in our in our own selves.
1: Absolutely. Like 100%. And I, I- like you said, I'm so happy to see just this shift happening, and people realizing that no, like mental health or mental illness is not a them problem, like mm. them over there. Like, and you know, we do this whole othering thing in our culture and our society, but it's very much a, a we, mm. and, and I wouldn't even call it a problem. Like, it's just it's it's just a we thing, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a collective. Um, it's just it should be a collective happening of of changing the language mm. and yeah. Well, and yeah. I
0: mean that reminds me of the Malcolm X quote, right? When you turn I to we, even illness becomes wellness. Yes. And how how perfect of a quote is that, right? You know, mm-hmm. just the strength of community and coming together to support each other.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because I mean, it just it boggles my mind that at 5 years old that's something you dealt with. I like I have sexual assaults in my past. Mm-hmm. And Those were difficult for me even in my teenage and and early twenties. But I can't imagine being such a young child and Mm -hmm. and that and just the amount of grace you have in terms of the way you view it now. Like that I just find that super incredible and inspiring. And I know that took a lot of work to get to that point.
1: Oh, honey, you have how much time you
0: got? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know how long people will listen for, but we could talk all night.
1: Oh my goodness. It, it definitely did take um, time and patience with myself um, and just like, yeah, trusting, respecting the process because like I said, it started to fester and turn and show up in other areas of my life. Mm. Um, and I don't even know that I recognize it as that. Like, I think a lot of the times us as humans, we... You know, excuse ourselves. Like, we'll just say, oh, that's just how I am. Mm, or, like, or that's just
0: the way it is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, like, not realizing, at uh, no, honey, that, uh, physical relation, abusive relationship that you're part of, no, that's like, that is, doesn't mean that he's strong and he's in mm. control. Like, no, 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 honey, it's not, no, just no. Or, like, yeah. So, just anyways, it starts to, to show up in, um, different areas of my life, definitely in, romantic relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Because like my first experience with a like technically romantic experience was such a traumatic one. Mm. So because I didn't address it, heal it, deal with it, then of course I mirrored that in my adult life, right? Mm-hmm. Like I attracted that toxicity. I attracted traumatic romantic relationships because that's what I knew. And I I don't know. I I always say that addiction you can be addicted to anything. Mm. And I was addicted to toxicity and I was addicted to like that, just like that fire and that passion. And I said, oh no, this is passion. We're Mm. passionately in love. It's just like, "Eh, girl, (laughs) that is an abusive relationship that you should not, no one should go through that. And yeah. So anyways, well, I think I'm just trailing
0: off. No, that makes total sense. And I think that's, you know, recognizing that in yourself, the turn or the way that we turn to these coping mechanisms that aren't healthy, but because of our early experiences or our traumatic experiences whenever they may have happened, our brain has convinced us, no, no, like this this is what it is. This is how it's supposed to be.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And so how do you unlearn that? Like how how was that process for you? How did you start to identify, okay, wait, this isn't right? And how did you start distancing yourself from that kind of situation?
1: unlearn is one of my favorite words like Mm. to use. It's like part of my vocabulary. I love that you said that because it was totally a process of unlearning, relearning, learning Mm -hmm. period. And, um, you know, honestly for me, like I'm very stubborn. So (laughs) it took like a massive, like me trying to end my life,
0: Mm.
1: ending up in the hospital and like hooked up to IVs, like my mom, like in full on tears. So like hovering over me, like what, like what happened to my bright bubbly, right? Like we do that. The the masks we Mm. wear, right? Mm -hmm. My bright bubbly, whatever daughter, um, like how When? and I'm sure, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine the questions that were swirling around in, in her head. Yeah. So I think for me, it took like that point. So like I said, I'm very stubborn. So it took a lot. I'm a lot. So it took a lot for me to be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Uh, uh, there, There's something bigger going on here that I really need to address. Um, Yeah. And like, I don't even want to say like, I regret that it took that drastic of a situation for me to get there because I mean, it is what it is. Our stories are Our stories. And like that just adds to my experience of like being able to relate with people who have suicidal ideation and who have attempted to take their own lives. You know, it just gives me that extra kind of layer to say, look, like you see me and I'm like all positive and bubbly, but that's only because I've experienced the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think obviously it's very um, emotional, like a little dark, a little heavy. But again, I wouldn't change it for the world because um, it allows me to relate to people in a different
0: way. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's just my story. That's just what Mm. it is. Wow. That's such an incredible story. And I mean, the things you've been through in your short life, like that's... I
1: don't know, right? I mean, I feel like I got it all out of the way.
0: (laughs) The rest (laughs) is just going to be smooth sailing. Yeah. No, but I mean, there's so many things that you said in there that you know, ring so true. And I think, you know, one thing that I remind myself often, you know, sometimes I think we're given these mountains to show others that they can be moved. Yes. Right. So the reason why you went through what you did, not saying that it's a good thing that you went through it, not saying that that's something you should be grateful for. But I mean, you sitting here today and talking about this, you don't know who's listening that's going through a similar situation or has an experience that, They can relate to yours, and then hearing you on the other side of it talking about this, how much hope that can instill, and just give them a reason to hang in there.
1: Mm, I hope so. I think you know, like, man. First of all, there's way too many people in the world for anyone to feel alone. Like seven billion and counting. There's probably even more than that that we just haven't like accounted for. But yeah, there are way too many people in the world for anyone to feel alone, and. How silly, like, I would always say this to myself. I'm like, how silly of me to think that, oh, I can't tell anybody what I'm going through. Like, I'm the only one. The amount of weight that I felt lifted off my shoulders as soon as I told, like, one person what I just told you, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was breaking my own heart, Mm. you know, keeping all of those things inside. I was breaking my own heart. And yeah, like just those realizations and the awareness that you come to, it's all the journey.
0: Well, it's, it's so difficult, you know, like you said, you know, you're holding that stuff in because you're thinking, well, I'm the only person going through it, but that's because no one else is talking about it. So, you know, being a path paver as, Mm. yeah, path paver, (laughs) (laughs) a path paver or a positive disruptor that you are now, um, you know, you're setting that example and you're saying, you know what? like this shitty thing happened. It's not okay that it happened, but it's okay to talk about it. Yes. And like that, that's what's going to change for the next generation so that they're not suffering through and going through that, you know, that breakdown that you got, right? Mm -hmm. Until you were able to get help. And you know what? I truly believe that sometimes it takes an overwhelming breakdown to have an undeniable breakthrough.
1: Yes. I absolutely believe that. I think like one, well, one of the many things that help my, my, um, mental health and just help me feel my best self is, um, my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so I listen to a lot of sermons and like pastors. And there's one pastor that I listened to, his name's Steven Furtick. He's in the States. And he said today, I was listening to a sermon of his today. He said, um, sometimes the biggest storms make for the greatest stories. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I like that. Pretty
1: good. Pretty good. And I was like, yes. Like sometimes I can't even remember like a happy, amazing moment that I had, but it's just like those deep kind of dark moments and memories that I have. Like I remember those details, but it's that story that like, you know, shaped who I am and Mm -hmm. just like helped build my awareness or, or whatever. So Yeah. Sometimes the biggest storms make for the greatest stories. Mm -hmm. And a lot
0: of the time you don't realize that until, you know, 50 years after the storm is come and gone and then you're going, okay, hold on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You don't realize the lesson in the moment. It's not until maybe when you really need it, which maybe isn't in that moment, but Mm. yeah,
0: down the road. So what would you say to someone who is in the darkest part of their storm right now?
1: Um, you know, I want to answer it in a way that it's like two, twofold because I want to answer it in a way it's like, well, what would I, what would I have wanted to hear when I was in that Mm. space? But also I'm trying to think back to that time, like deepest, darkest, lowest moment. I'm trying to think back to what was I telling myself, right? And I'm like, man, did I, I, I feel like. I just remember specifically telling myself, you know what? I just need to get through today, like just the day, you know, mm-hmm. not the week, the month or like so-and-so's birthday's coming up or such and such event, like not building up my energy for that, but just saying, you know what? I just need to get through today mm. and then tomorrow's a different day. But tomorrow is tomorrow's problem, right? Mm. Like just figuring out today, working with what I have um, yeah, for the moment and for today. So that, but, and I, I guess that's just more so me saying like, okay, yeah. Turtle steps. I say turtle steps. Mm,
0: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> slow and
1: steady, slow and steady, man. Cause people always say baby steps, but it's just like, man, babies are different. Some babies got faster <laughs> steps. I
0: only <laughs> crawled backwards, so I don't want to take baby steps. <laughs>
1: that's amazing. <laughs> I, see, I knew you were one of a kind. I knew you were one of a kind, oh, yeah, that's a nice
0: way to put it. Thank you,
1: <laughs> yeah, but like right, babies got different paces, man, like some babies go faster than others, so turtle steps is very like everyone knows a turtle walks nice mm. and so so it's nice and steady, turtle steps
0: um. I'm, I'm going to use, I love that. Yeah. That's great. There you go.
1: It's a tweet. That's a tweetable. That's what Oprah (laughs) said. It's a tweet, tweet moment. Whatever she says. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So that, like I, I remember my telling myself that, but then also, oh man, just, and I don't, I definitely didn't realize this until after, but everything is temporary Mm. and that's, I, I, no way am I trying to dismiss what people are going through. Like, again, this is just speaking from my own experience. I've literally been at the deepest, darkest pit of despair. And you didn't think it was temporary then? <sighs> not a chance. Not mm-hmm. a chance. And that's, again, why I said, okay, like, just let's deal with today, getting through today. But um, yeah, fast forward a few years, I can say now, like, yeah, everything really is temporary. Like, and it's just like the cheesiest thing to say, I'm alive for a reason. But honestly, as long as you have a breath in your lungs, you have purpose, mm. you know? And again, not, there's no way I could tell myself that at the time. But, um, looking back now, just remembering, yeah, everything is temporary. And I use that to this day to like, even if this is like kind of morbid, but the good is even temporary. The good, the bad, everything is temporary. Um, And just like not attaching ourselves to, yeah, situations, remembering that situations are opposite of us or not opposite of us, separate from us. Mm. And, um, (sighs) yeah, I don't know. Kumbaya, Buddhism, a lot. There's just so many layers,
0: so many layers. All of the things. (laughs) No, but I think that, I mean, those are such great pieces of advice, you know, and just those turtle steps and... Just really taking it moment by moment. And if you can commit to making it through this moment, then commit to making it through the next moment. And I absolutely love what you said, that if you have air in your lungs, then you have purpose. Like mm. that is one of the most beautiful things I think I've ever heard. Aww, I love it. Thanks, Keith. That's Keeks. great, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, you're obviously a very, very resilient human and that takes a lot of work. Resiliency is hard work. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your secret ingredients for resiliency? Ooh, secret
1: ingredient. Well, and now it's not going to be a secret anymore. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'll share. I'll share. Um, man, I think like, yeah, it's definitely taking time to build my little toolbox of resiliency Mm. Um I pull different tools out for like depending on the mood because I you know for example comedy and laughter is like such a huge oh my goodness, that's just a release. Like I need to be able to laugh every single day. But honestly, sometimes I really don't feel like laughing and I just want to feel what I'm feeling and I want to cry or I want mm. to scream or whatever. I, I want to feel the, the gross feelings. Mm. Um, so sometimes man, I'll just leave that little comedy tool in that box there. You know, I'll leave it at a different time. Um, but no, so yeah, like laughter, comedy, dancing, music, uh, journaling, just getting my thoughts out on, out of my head, because apparently I think we have like 10,000 thoughts, a minute, uh, not a minute. That's ridiculous. I think an hour, a lot. Oh, there's a wow. lot of thoughts. It's, yeah. I remember, I just remember the number 10,000 and I don't remember if it's like a minute, an hour. Or the day, anyways. It's a lot, lot of thoughts going on. Okay, I'm not.
0: Lots of thoughts. Lots of
1: thoughts. Okay, <laughs> not a numbers girl. I'm not a numbers girl. <laughs> oh my goodness! But um, yeah. So just getting it out of my head onto paper, and just kind of like, yeah, bringing attention and awareness to it. It's just like these are my thoughts. Okay, what serves me? What's not serving me? Boop! I don't need these. Um. Journaling. What else did I say? Oh, prayer. Mm. So, man, I I feel like that's an episode for a net, like. You can make a whole episode on like spirituality and like. Well, we'll bring is, you back for it, that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> um. Yeah. So many things. Um. Yeah. Smiles and hugs from strangers. I told mm. you. Conversations with people that are like pursuing the same things I am. Conversations like these and yeah, nature, ground, like taking my socks off, putting it in the grass, the sunshine, literally. And if you asked me this, like two, three years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to give you an extensive list, Mm. but you know, as more time goes on, the more resilient I get. And I see like, I appreciate the simple things in life and that those things can bring me joy. And I put my attention and my energy on those things instead of like hanging on to something that happened and then like falling down that hole of depression and like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. As soon as I like see my thoughts going that way, I say, okay, Priscilla, remember this list of a hundred things that you can do to feel better. Like right now, you know, Mm -hmm. not like it literally, I think everything I mentioned is free by the Mm -hmm. way. Right. So just remembering, um, yeah, remembering that.
0: Yeah. And just having Mm -hmm. that toolkit. I love that, you know, like having that toolkit ready for you. So if you are noticing, okay, I'm in a really challenging spot right now. I'm having some tough thoughts. What can I do? And, you know, even maybe writing it down or having a jar of things that, you know, bring you joy or things that make you feel grounded.
1: Mm -hmm. So important. And like, I think, yeah, we all know, like we all have those tools and we know it makes us feel our best selves. But then when it comes, like when those little moments creep in, We, I'm speaking from my own experience, like, um, it's very easy to forget Mm -hmm. like, yeah, what I need to do in that, in this moment to feel better. Um, yeah. So I guess just, I don't know, being patient with ourselves and just, it's, it's just a, a constant practice, Mm -hmm. like healing this whole, like, oh man, these, this thing called life, man. It's exhausting. Oh my gosh. I wish the game was Emmanuel. Like, no <laughs> one actually prepared us for yeah. real life. But yeah, it's a total process. And um, oh my goodness, there's this one quote. I don't even know who said it, but. Healing doesn't require perfection. It only requires awareness. Oh, love that. I wish I could say that. That's my quote, right? Don't you love that? It's it's like, that gave me like goosebumps. That's good. That is what I, that, that mission accomplished, (laughs) mission accomplished. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, as a society, we think that We live in this perfectionism society Mm -hmm. where everything needs to be perfect, like even healing, even like growing. It's just like, no, it doesn't require perfectionism at all. It just requires your awareness. Once you're aware,
0: then you can start to, you know, make the necessary changes. Yeah. And that awareness, like that takes time to develop too, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Like,
0: I mean, I look back at my past versions of myself and I think, oh, if I only knew what I know now and and but it's it's that process and just being gentle with yourself through that process and and not beating yourself up for not knowing what you didn't know when you didn't know it.
1: Right. It's so true. I love that. Yeah, I think like um yeah, we we only know what we know like we can only work with the wheelhouse that we have and like you know, Exactly. How can you do something better than if you, if you didn't know, like if you didn't have the answer before, I love what, I love what you just said. (laughs) Well, thanks.
0: (laughs) Put it on a (laughs) t-shirt. One thing that, you know, is one of your, my favorite parts of your story is talking about, you know, the year that you took for you. Mm. And it reminds me a lot of, I recently listened to one of the super soul sessions uh, by Oprah and she had Elizabeth Gilbert on as a guest and she's one of my favorite authors. And she was talking about, you know, when she went and wrote Eat, Pray, Love and that journey and that quest to find herself. So let's talk a little bit about your quest and what that looks like for you and why. Why the quest and when the quest?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the quest is not over, my friend. Mm. But um, yeah, like I think, again, just the quest had to happen when it did. um, After like leaving the hospital and seeing... Honestly, it, and maybe this is sad, but not, like seeing my parents' reaction mm. and like my, my, my two best friends that were there, seeing their reaction and seeing like how, like the look on their faces, like that's what made me want to make a change. I didn't even want to change for myself. Like mm. if I'm being honest, like I, I didn't, I had zero will to live and it, again, with suicide, like I'm not trying, I'm in no way glamorizing it. Mm -hmm. But just for me, suicide, it wasn't about, and maybe this is for a lot of people, I'm not sure, but it wasn't about like, I didn't want to live or I didn't think I had anything to live for. It's just what I was feeling and living with was too much. Like it was just too much to bear. I would much rather have just like gone to sleep and never Mm -hmm. wake up. I specifically remember like, that being a part of like I told you spirituality is a huge thing um for my mental health I pray every single day and I remember like my relationship with spirituality was still there but I the things I was praying for was different so I remember praying like please like I, I don't want to wake up god like I mm every every night before i went to
0: bed like oh my gosh i'm still up like i'm i'm still here <laughs> what do you mean and you know what i relate to that like so deeply i remember um i guess for anyone listening that doesn't know i was hospitalized last summer um after a few attempts and i remember you know that same conversation with my parents you know in the hospital in the emergency room and i just said it's not that I want to die. It's that I, I don't know how else to make this pain go away. Yeah. And just how else like to make that heaviness escape. And I think that's a really common misconception about people who are experiencing suicidal ideation mm-hmm. is that it's selfish or they're, um, you know, they're doing it for, a. Att- I, I I tell you when everyone, and when anyone ever says, Oh, oh they're doing it to get attention. attention. I'm like, I Move. need to take a breath, yeah. walk away because someone's going to get hurt and it's not going to be me.
1: <laughs> I know for sure. I, I, to this day, like you still hear that mentality when it comes to suicidal ideation and people just not understanding, um, yeah, the like the very real emotions that people that are experiencing that go through and like where it's coming from and the root of it like it's not oh my god it's not for attention it's not because I'm selfish it's actually because yeah like this pain is too much to bear. like Mm -hmm. I feel like I've tried everything and nothing's worked so what like why why am I still here like let's go like Mm. anything could be better than this right feeling this but um yeah, what was the original question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> well, we were talking about what uh, what sparked mm-hmm. the beginning of your quest and you said that that was when you were in the hospital, mm-hmm. looking at you know your parents and your best friends.
1: Mm-hmm. and just like seeing their uh, reaction reaction to just how i was feeling. Um that kind of was like, oh, no, my god, i can't be the one to like make them feel this. So um from there, yeah, i took time off of work and then just ended up quitting altogether mm-hmm. and just said, "You know what? Like i have been working since i was legal age, 15 years old. I am I, I deserve a year off. I've been paying into my EI. No, just kidding. But (laughs) (laughs) just more so like, I don't know, that very Western mentality of like, go to school, work, blah, 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 pay. Hustle harder. Exactly. So, you know, when it was like, no, my mental health is way more important. So yeah, just like totally. And It's actually funny. At the time I had three jobs. Oh my goodness. Like, no wonder why I end up in the damn hospital. Like, and I think again, it's just like I mentioned before, the masks we wear. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was, I was avoiding, 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 not dealing, not dealing. So then, oh, like make more money. Oh, get another job. Oh, get another hobby. Get it, like do everything but address what's actually going on inside Mm -hmm. and do everything but deal with what happened to me at five years old, like until for as long as I can. And it's just like... I mean, I did that, I I was in the hospital at 26, so I did that for 21 years, and it's like, right? Um, And also, I I mentioned to you, like, offline, that I now see that that's a part of the reason why I pursued communications and pursued journalism, because it's like I was making up for my voice that was, so to to speak, um, taken at Mm. five, right? Like, me not standing up for myself, me not... um, and again, like, I was only five, how, like, what could I say? But no, um, yeah, me not standing up for myself at five was, I think, <laughs> translated to me pursuing expressive arts where it's like, give me a microphone, give mm, me a camera, hear right? Hear me. Hear me. Exactly. Exactly. But again, at the time, didn't have zero clue what my message was going to be. I just know that I need a platform. I I have something to say. I don't know what it is. But you're going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So so interesting. I yeah, I it's just so funny coming back like full circle because it's just like I'm like pursuing, pursuing, pursuing communications, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what my my message is, but even though my message and my story was there the whole time, it didn't take I mean it it took me hitting rock bottom to say, Oh, this is the message. Now you can like I get it. Yeah. So yeah. This, this whole quest, like it is, it, it's crucial. And I, I don't know, it's different for everyone, but like you, like we have to dive inwards. Like we must, we are with ourselves 24 seven. Mm-hmm. If you can't tell the truth to yourself, like what, what are you doing? Come on. Like what results do you really expect to get from people or just out of life? If you can't, be honest with yourself first. So, yeah, that deep dive inwards, it's a very very scary like by no means is it it's not easy. Um but I mean, it's not really supposed to be because mm. sometimes the hardest tests and like the biggest challenges yield the greatest results, right? And you know, shape us and ugh, make us more resilient all the things. Mm.
0: Yeah. So what like, what were some of those things that you did t- to dive inwards? What did that look like? What did that year when you quit your job and you were focusing on you, how did you do that?
1: Oh, boy. Well, um, I mean, it, it was there was definitely no one thing. Mm. Um, definitely a, a combination of things, layers of things. But... I think the first part was admitting to myself that like it, it's, it's deeper than like just what, what's surface level like me. And when I say surface level, that was me um, again, attracting toxic romantic relationships, toxic friendships, toxic behavior. Girl, I got a DUI at 21, oh, man. like just right. And again, it's just like, like, oh, that's fine. That's just like what kids do. Like, eh, oh my God, no way did I think I was like, oh, I'm so cool. No, that wasn't like ridiculous. Again, like, so those were all like surface level things. And I always would say, oh no, again, just excusing myself, but, um, hitting like after leaving the hospital, realizing that, oh, just kind of connecting the dots, like, (laughs) yeah, maybe those weren't the best ways of expressing myself, but, um, yeah, I don't, a lot of therapy, I mean, you know,
0: <laughs> Therapy is cool. If there is anything that I will preach from the mountaintops, it is therapy is cool. Please go to therapy.
1: Thank you. Yes. Please
0: just cut out everything I just said. And, <laughs> but I think, you know what, like, I think in our society, especially in Western Society. We Mm -hmm. have this idea that something needs to be wrong with you Mm -hmm. in order to start working on yourself or to go to therapy Mm -hmm. or to do these things Mm -hmm. that, you know, help you grow and heal. Mm -hmm. But we can all benefit from that. There, I have a list of people that I think would do really well in (laughs) in therapy, but won't go.
1: I'm telling you, therapy should be like mandated like the same way that you're supposed to get a yearly checkup or mm. right like for my doctor every time I go to my doctor he's like don't forget Priscilla, like you're you know yearly checkup and I'm like you know I wish that they pushed therapy that much mm. as they do like the yearly checkups because yeah everyone can benefit from therapy mm. like yeah Hands down, so a lot of therapy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I mean the hard part too about therapy, which is something I know we're all working on in the mental health community, is to make it more accessible because not everyone has the same access to these services that could help them. Yeah, and there's these barriers, and unfortunately, a lot of the barriers are based on that intergenerational trauma and that buildup that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just we're not all starting from the same yeah. starting point, and we need to find a way. Mm-hmm. to make sure that we can all get to the same middle point.
1: Yeah, totally. I know it is, it's, um, challenging because it seems as though the people that need it the most are the ones that aren't able to access it, right? Mm-hmm. With those barriers of like, whether it's financial or, um, I mean, I think it's, it's mainly financial, sometimes cultural. Cause like I said, like pfft, not a single person in my family would say, yeah, therapy when it's just like uh guys we've got a lot of unpacking here to do right yeah. um so yeah like the the cultural stigma um financial barriers yeah it's tough i there are resources like you said like there are a lot more conversations being had around mental health and wellness and addictions and just yeah accessibility the resources that are out there um We've, like, we have a long way to go, but I'm still proud of
0: the steps that we have made. Absolutely. So, yeah, celebrating the turtle steps. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one thing that you're doing in your platform that I absolutely love, I think it's one of the greatest things to ever happen to society and social media, and you can quote me on that, Um, (laughs) but you've started a movement with the hashtag... My Better Life.
1: Yes. So let's talk about that.
0: Where did that come from? What is that about?
1: Honestly, okay, I don't even know. So, okay, everyone is, well, most people are familiar with the um, hashtag living my best life or just like, I'm living my best life I'm over here on my yacht. But it's just like, what? Can I come <laughs> on your yacht? <laughs> Yeah. Like living my best life for me, is just a lot of pressure. That word best. And the
0: perfectionism kind of creeping in there. I'm hey?
1: telling you, see the society we live in. So yeah, the word best. Cause it's just like what comes after best. Mm. Like there's nothing better than best. So I'm, to say like, I'm living my best life. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I I don't know. It's pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. So I dialed it back, and I just said, you know what? I'm just. I just want to focus on living my better life. Like, right. So, and I literally don't even know where it came from. I think it's just um one of the positive self talk conversations I've had with myself. Sometimes they have their negative self talk, of course, but um one of the good conversations I had with my own brain, and I was like you know what? I like that. I'm going to use
0: it. So, yeah, and it seemed to stick. I love it. I think <laughs> it's so great because it's so real. You know, mm. it's acknowledging the fact. I think perfection might be the biggest lie we believe as a society. The fact mm-hmm. that perfection exists, mm-hmm. especially as human beings. Like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, our flaws are what make us awesome. Amen. Flossom.
1: Right? Oh, hey, amen. Okay.
0: But it's, <laughs> It's the uniqueness that that's where the color comes from. That's where all the good things are created from the different. Yes, love that. And so I love the idea of living your better life because, I mean, who's to say what your best life is?
1: Exactly. That is not until I am upstairs with the creator, honey. (laughs) (laughs) The big man, big G, waiting for me. (laughs)
0: Uh, So how, how do you live your hashtag better life?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, um, surround myself around people that, uh, feel like just like people who feel like joy, who just like give me, you know, I don't know. Energy is everything. Like Mm you can tell like, you, you can tell when something's, like, tense or when something's awkward. And I love calling out when things are awkward. I'm like, awkward. And then everyone laughs. And it's great. And it's not awkward anymore. Embrace the awkward. Yes. It's not awkward anymore. But, no, um, yeah, energy is everything. So just gravitating and I'm spending my time around people that I feel that good energy and, that, and those good vibes. Um. So, yeah, so, like, building my support network of healthy people. Um. And embracing being alone, Mm. not lonely, because I feel like we do that as a society. We, we confuse alone and lonely. Mm. It's not healthy to feel lonely, like, you know, for a long extended period of time, but it is completely normal and healthy to be alone and just, yeah. And just be, be Mm. alone, be with yourself so I've definitely embraced that for the longest time growing up. Again, being like my expressive, doing like improv, dance, modeling, uh, uh, public speaking, just like all the expressive arts. I was always like, yeah, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm totally an extrovert. Like I'm so outgoing. And like, I just thought that was me. But um, no, like I am actually an just an outgoing introvert. Mm. And yeah, I love, like I recharge when I'm by myself and like, I've learned to love my own company and like, I'm i a pretty good company. So it took some time I, to get I can, get there. I can attest to that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll give much. you
0: a five star on Yelp. <laughs> yes.
1: I'll take the help I can get. Note. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think, um, that, yeah, embracing being alone And the other thing I said that sounded smart, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot of things you've said today that have sounded smart. Um, Yeah, so how uh, would you encourage people to explore living their better life? If someone is listening to this today and they say, okay, yeah, great idea, but where do I start? How do I do this? You know, you've talked about like cultivating those healthy relationships and, and, you know, maybe letting go of some of the unhealthy relationships I know that's something we've talked about mm-hmm. pretty extensively <laughs> yeah um but how else do you think people can start this journey of discovering what is their better mm-hmm. life
1: um oh that is a good question because it's different for everyone but I I think like just being honest with yourself so okay a Um, one piece I, I wanted to mention with the, like who you spend your time with you, again, that energy doesn't lie. So like, you know, like you probably, whoever's listening right now, you probably can pinpoint like the friend that I'm talking about that is in your life that, you know, you should probably let go. (laughs) But because of the, maybe the time that you've been friends with them, like the length of amount of time you've been friends with them or. Um, the memories you've shared or the, you know, just that comfort level, familiar, familiarity, familiarity.
0: There you go. Thank you.
1: Familiarity. (laughs) Yeah. Like you have those friends, but you don't want to let them go because of those things. Even though you know that they're probably not serving you or like in your journey and where you're at right now in your life. And like, yeah, I just think like we're so afraid to like, do a, a, I don't know, an audit of our lives and of our friendships and our relationships. And because we're afraid again of letting go because it's like, oh my gosh, well, what if I have nothing after that? Mm. But no, like once you release, you can receive mm. the things that the universe actually has in store for you to take you to your next step, your next level. Like your people, your the things that have served you up until this point got you to this point. And it is okay to say, okay, thanks guys. I'm on to the next level now, you know, do your thing. Maybe I'll see you uh, at the top, maybe, right? Like maybe they serve their purpose, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not easy work. Like, cause I want to say, what can people do next? And I, and I want to say dive inwards, but then it's like, okay, but how do you do that? And again, I think just, yeah, just, just being, being 100% honest with yourself because mm. your intuition, your gut, it does not lie. And like, I don't know. I think it's very easy for people to say, oh no, like they so just listen to my heart, Priscilla. Like, so just listen to my gut. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yes, trust me. Like the answers are within you, but because we are so accustomed to like, noise. We need to be busy all the time. Like if the TV's not going, then like our iPhone, Mm. or or, sorry, iPhone, Apple, whatever phone you got, Android, (laughs) where we just constantly need to be busy or like occupied. And just like, we think multitasking is a real thing when it's like, no, no one can actually successfully multitask and like have their energy divided and successfully do all those things. No. So I think, um, this concept of yes, tuning in words and like, listening to your gut, it's it's a very like fluffy, airy, like, oh, please, Priscilla, like that's ridiculous. But the more that you can like be still, sit with yourself and really tune in to hear like the actual messages that you should be receiving, Um, like your your good inner critic, not the negative inner critic. Your higher self. Your higher self. Thank you. Amen. Um, Yes, your higher self. The more that you do that and sit with it, then like the louder that voice gets Mm. than the other noise, right? Because I feel like for me, I, I know there was a time where everything else was louder than my own inner voice, my higher self that was trying to call me home and say, Priscilla, no, 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 I have better things for you over here, over here, girl. Come on, girl. Just trust me. Trust the process. But it's like, because it's such a faint little voice, because I was feeding everything else. Like the beast you feed is the one that grows. Mm. So because I wasn't feeding my good higher self voice, then everything else was louder. And yeah, so once you like learn to tune all that out and just sit, be still, be honest with yourself, then it, it'll get easier. Again, it is a journey. It is a a practice. It is honestly like a, a daily practice, I would say. But um, Yeah. It is possible. Mm. Through turtle steps.
0: Through turtle steps. I love that. (laughs) I love that so, so much. Um, yeah, I think that's like that's so important to acknowledge the fact that you know, we have these fears about letting go and these fears of the unknown. As human beings, we don't do well with the gray. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to clear cut this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. But The real power, like you said, is where you lean into that kind of fuzzy part where you're saying, okay, well, I don't really know what's going to come out of this. Yes. But I truly believe that when we let go of the things that no longer serve us, we are opening up that space for that growth and that healing. And like you said, you know, you're open to receiving. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've discussed before, but for those of you who don't know, Priscilla and I have both gone through what we call a shedding journey of, you know, letting go of the things that don't really serve us. And, and that's actually what brought us together Yay! and allowed us to, you know, our energies to collide. Yes. And I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful for that.
1: I am so grateful too, babe. I can't even like, you know, it's actually, oh, I love this. I, so this was actually when I kind of, when everything clicked with this whole like recovery model and this like pure support, I came to like this realization point, like this aha enlightening moment where I was like, wow, just kind of, um, or not enlightening, enlightenment moment. That's a mouthful. Um, where I, uh, yeah, I was like thinking of, wow, like these people aren't a part of my life. And like, I have this whole blank slate of f- friendship slots. <laughs> <laughs> Taking applications guys. No. <laughs> um, but I thought to myself, wow, how beautiful is it that some of the most important people in my life I haven't, I possibly haven't even met yet. Mm. Right. And like, like lo and behold, that is you because like, you know, maybe one year, like literally, cause I would say, yeah, one year ago, two years ago, I would say, man, like, yeah, where my, where my people at? Like where, you know, <laughs> what happened to all my friends? But then it's just like, no, the best is yet to come. Like, and who knew that I would have attracted an amazing, beautiful human soul like yours that like, and later in my life, making friends as adults, man, oh, is hard as...
0: We need, like, an adult friendship group. Like, we need, like, <laughs> play dates where we can go and... Just like, hey, like you like to do this. I like to do this too. We want to be friends. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, we need that space. So. Or you can just be like me and just slide into people's DMs who you think are cool. I was That's what I did with Priscilla. I was like, hey, I like your energy. I think you're awesome. Let's go for coffee. And thankfully, she didn't think I was some weirdo and she was open to the idea. And, and you know, here we sit today. Here so. we are. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um... So I think it might be time mm-hmm. for the Let's Get Brave Lightning Round. Oh yes! So oh, I just want you to answer these questions. First thing that comes to mind. Bah. Okay. Answer no, no, with no, no, that no, no, gut. No. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, go with that that gut intuition. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. You ready? I don't know. No, I'm not, but let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is your quirkiest habit? Oh,
1: what? Uh, I like talk to myself all the time. I make like funny faces. I literally like make voices. I just have my own little shows with myself
0: all the time. That's amazing. (laughs) I didn't think it was possible, but I love you even more. (laughs) Um, what is your favorite way to practice self love girl?
1: What? These are not lightning questions like that.
0: (laughs) Is this a joke?
1: Oh my God. My fate. Okay. No, you're right. Just what's my first instinct. Definitely just dancing to what, like music, just like blasting a song what like whoever, Drake, Rihanna, Beyonce, Erykah, Badu. Whitney. Whitney. Yes, girl. And like pretending I can hit those high notes. Yes. Just that outwardly expression of, yeah, I need to get it out of my body. So yes.
0: I love it. music. Love it. Okay. <laughs> what scares you?
1: Oh my God. Spiders. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They're just like, I mean, I'm sure they mean well. I'm sure they're good little spider souls, but like, I don't know. They just got all these legs and, oh
0: yeah. And they just, the way they move too. And then like all of a sudden they're gone and you're like, okay, I'm just going to burn my house because I don't know where you went. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah, I know that's extreme, but I have had that thought many times. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Okay. What is something you wish you could say to your younger self? Oh, my goodness.
1: Kirsten, if I could say to my younger self, like, which younger self?
0: Like, you know, like, 20-year-old P. Whichever younger self you think needs to hear it the most. Mm. Something that you've learned. The one that
1: needs to hear the most, girl, get some help. Mm. Therapy. Like, I don't even know when would have been a good age. I don't know. But, uh... Yeah, just like, it, yeah, therapy. Mm. <laughs> therapy, sooner, lots, now.
0: Go. <laughs> what makes you feel brave? Oh my gosh, what makes me feel brave?
1: Uh, sharing my like d- deepest, darkest stories of my, like parts of myself like I did today. Uh, and it's very interesting because I do that in my, professional work but never like I mean I don't see those people again like I'll you know speak to crowds whatever tell them to hey yeah like support mental health initiatives and never see those people again so it's like meh know, oh, who cares <laughs> kind of thing but with this it's like um you know it's kind of it's, it's permanent it's recorded and it's out there and um Not that I, not that I thought that I like reached the pinnacle of like, oh, I'm I'm the most vulnerable I'll ever be. I know that like it's an ever evolving journey. Um, but I kind of, I guess I wasn't expecting, um, yeah, this like to just like get deep right in there. But, um, yeah. So what makes me feel brave is sharing the most vulnerable parts of myself. Mm. I
0: love that. Yeah. That's what we're all about. That's it. All <laughs> up on the brave space. If you could give any piece of advice for people to maintain or improve their mental health, what would it be?
1: To maintain and improve. Um you have to have an outlet. Mm. Whatever that is, like you you need an outlet. And whether that's um creative, whether that's an, an, safe human being that you feel comfortable talking to. Um, but you have to get it out of your heart, out of your head, like into a physical part of <laughs> this world or else it'll just continue to fester. Mm. Um, so yeah, have an outlet and don't get too caught up on, Oh my, what's my outlet? it's whatever comes the most natural
0: to you i think if people listening to this episode could take one thing from everything we've talked about oh my god what would that be
1: one thing oh my goodness okay there's this book that i read called miracles at work mm. and it's by emily bennington And I know this is the first time I'm mentioning this, but I feel like this is just a good summary for what we've talked about. Um, The book is about doing inner work to have um, outer influence. Mm. Yeah, that's like the tagline of the book. And there's one thing that she says in the book that just really resonated with me. And it's actually my word of the year. But anyways, so the quote says, every moment has the potential to be sacred. Mm. And I just love that. And so my word of the year is sacred. But for me, I think it's just a good kind of all-encompassing um, final quote because it's like when you're in those moments of despair or deep depression or anxiety or whatever it is that you're going through, um, just at a low, Right if like if that is feels so real and and so like permanent then the opposite must be true too mm. right like you can't have one without the other like you you can't just say no like this is like for every negative there's a positive right so for me it's like if if that is true then the opposite mm. must be true too so just to, and of course like when you're in that moment it's hard to remember that but this maybe could be a good kind of mantra that we can tell ourselves saying, and okay, every moment has the potential to be sacred. Like just kind of pausing and saying, okay, like what is actually like, what am I actually feeling? What can this moment teach me right now? How can I turn this moment into a sacred moment? because we there's only so many things we can control. Actually, there's nothing we can control. The only thing we can control is, <laughs> I'm going rewind that, uh, we have zero control over external factors. Most things we have no control over. The only thing we have control over is ourselves, the way we react to things. So if we can react to every moment, having the potential to be sacred, then I think it'll just create these habits and, and then it'll eventually, hopefully turn into... That's what you're practicing more than the
0: opposite. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You killed the lightning round. Did I really? You yeah. killed it. <laughs> <laughs> All that stress for nothing.
1: <laughs> Those were like some intense lightning round questions, girl. I thought you were gonna be like, what's your favorite ice cream? What's your- <laughs> oh no, that's not how
0: we do things here. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about like that, it. that digging deep, that I inner like work, it. right? I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being our first guest on the Brave Space podcast. Thank I've you. I just absolutely loved all of our conversation that we've had tonight. And I just, I think you're even more of an incredible person uh-huh. than I did before we came into this interview, which is saying a lot. So thank you uh-huh. for sharing so vulnerably and, and for giving... So many wonderful insights that you've learned through your journey.
1: Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Kiki. I like, yeah, I I, literally, this is the first time. And you know, what's so funny because every time I say this, this is the first time I didn't get emotional. (laughs) I didn't cry. That's when I start to cry. But like, literally you have made, like, this is such a brave space. And I know that we're friends, but like you said, I feel like, that's not even like that's not it's a it's a bonus, but um, I think just your personality and just like who you are, you just made it such a a brave space, and like I felt so comfortable just sharing that with you, and um, for real, this is the first time I didn't get emotional, and like so for me, I'm like, oh, thank you, so you've made me feel a little bit more resilient and out there in the world.
0: Oh, well, you did all that work yourself, girl. I'm just here to bring it out.
1: Yay. Thank you, babe. Oh, wait. I actually. Okay, you had your your surprise of your lightning
0: round. Oh Oh my God, I I get a surprise. I have a
1: surprise of my own.
0: This is so So. exciting. (laughs) 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 I love surprises, and no one ever surprises me because I am so nosy and usually figure them out.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Well. Figure this out maybe
0: you did maybe no, I no I have no I literally you're rummaging in your bag for something Harley is coming over to see what you're doing hi. hi honey
1: well this is okay because this is your first one I just wanted to you know oh my gosh like celebrate this is a big deal this is their inaugural inaugural episode oh my gosh so clink clink cheers <laughs> and like I don't know would this be good sound effects for the oh, it episode? could be everyone can
0: have some even Harley even <laughs> Harley <laughs> <laughs> or like on that episode what was that on? it was on um, oh Love is Blind that Netflix yes Love is show. Blind the woman that just fed her dog <gasps> wine like it was no oh, big thing yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been more just perplexed watching a moment of reality television she literally was just like "Oh, this is normal yeah she's like oh she loves wine i was like i'm sorry i don't think that's <laughs> i don't think that's how that's supposed to go
1: oh my goodness okay, and then this is what i was hiding in here you're, you're like what are you doing in here
0: like, oh. oh my <laughs> you are just the sweetest human so this
1: is for you but you shall do the honors, darling. Oh
0: Lord. Okay. Well, now someone's gonna get injured, so we can't say <laughs> no one was harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> Priscilla has handed me the uh, the pop top. Oh Lordy. Pop
1: top. Pop the top. It's a celebration. Oh, I'm so terrified. <laughs> okay. Cheers to you. Cheers to the brave space. <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo>! Oh! <laughs>
0: looks like Harley is getting some
1: <laughs> she's getting some after all she's like yes oh, oh my, my goodness so
0: funny oh wow well thank you for truly being welcome what will be love. the most difficult podcast <laughs> guest episode to top <laughs> yeah. I, yes I mean thank you Ah, thank you
1: cheers to you cheers to Being brave and creating more warriors and brave spaces for the world. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with us today. I hope that today's episode has left you with a feeling of hope, belonging, and the encouragement to continue being brave on your own hero's journey. In the months to come, we will be sharing inspirational stories of warriors from around the world, celebrating the brave in all of us through vulnerable, unfiltered conversations. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode. I'm Kirsten Secord, and I am so grateful to welcome you into the brave space, the place vulnerability calls home. As you continue on with your day, know these three truths. You are enough. You are worthy. And you can make it through today. Go Bravely Warriors.